Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered. This weekly podcast is hosted by Rachel Thornhill, who speaks about her life as a race wife and also talks to other women in the racing industry about their left turns, spin outs, and wrecks on this racetrack we call life. Well, hello, 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 and welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today I wanted to kind of talk about my experience in the racing community since obviously it is Black History Month, and I thought, why not talk about my experience as a Black woman in the racing community? Um, I know that a lot of times... There's a lot of stereotypes about how people are in the racing community. Um, I know growing up, like I said before in previous episodes, I wasn't even into racing. Racing wasn't something that I was um, exposed to as a child. And I'll be honest, a lot of it had to do with what my parents thought about race the racing community uh especially like with nascar because unfortunately there's this major stereotype with a lot of um people in the racing community that they're oh that they're rednecks and that they're racist because of you know the the confederate flag and things like that that tend to show up sometimes um and so i kind of wanted to explain like what my experience has been because I've been within the racing community for about uh, going on 18 years now. So um, I feel I have quite a bit uh, of knowledge to be able to share that. Now, disclaimer, this has nothing to do with anybody else's experiences because I cannot speak for every black woman that comes within the racing community. Um, I cannot um, stereotype experiences. So I am only speaking about my experience and also um, my, I would say also I will kind of go into like my oldest daughter um, because with my oldest daughter, she is more melanin, you know, she has more, way more melanin than I do. And um, I feel I can kind of speak on the experience of like how she was, um, how she was accepted by the racing community, the local racing community that we're in. Um, so start starting from the very beginning. Obviously, um, I got with my husband back in 2006, pretty much in the 2005 beginning of 2006. So, um, and at the time he was racing go-karts, um, and I'll be honest, I didn't really know what to expect from the racing community at all, uh, because I was never exposed to it, but I'll be honest, people were kind of, um, not everybody, but there were some that were kind of put off by me, but it had nothing to do with my race, actually. It had to do with the fact that, um, I'll be real with y'all, like, sometimes I have resting bitch face, 
um, and I don't realize it. Or um, back then, I didn't really dress for the racetrack. I'll be honest. Like, I would go to the racetrack in heels and, like, you know, in dresses sometimes. Like, I mean, just looking bougie as fuck when that wasn't the time or place to be dressing like that. Um, because I couldn't really do anything. Like I was prancing around, but I wasn't able to really get, you know, my hands dirty and help my husband. Um, and so obviously I eventually changed my whole demeanor about that. And I was able to, um, you know, I started wearing jeans and t-shirts and shorts and, um, tennis shoes, of course, instead of, uh, heels, but that was that was really the biggest thing was that a lot of people felt that I was unapproachable. Um, it it had nothing to do with race and you know in that aspect. Um, also, we were just outsiders um, coming in. Most of those people had been racing with each other for years, and my you know my husband and I. We, we were complete outsiders. Uh, none of these people knew us. And so, you know, when you don't know somebody that tries to come into like your, you know, your group of people, um, it, yeah, you kind of get, um, I guess you could say they, they were kind of iffy about us. Like they weren't really sure how, they felt about us because it's like, oh, well, who are these people? Like, we don't know anything about them. So, you know, you get kind of cautious about uh, people that you don't know. And so that was really the main thing that was going on with that. It wasn't really that people didn't like us because once they got to know us, they didn't have issues with us. It's just, you know, at first they felt we were unapproachable because we they didn't really know who we were. So... Um, so after that, you know, we did go-karts for a while. Um, and at that time, of course, my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter's from a previous relationship. So whenever, um, my husband and I got together, she was little. So, you know, she was like one, she was like one at the time when we, whenever he, whenever he started racing go-karts, like on a more regular basis, so she was really little at the time. And I'll be honest, like my daughter was not treated different at all. Like the kids would try and play with her, you know, like when she was a little bit older, you know, once she was around, I guess around two, like, you know, she, she would try and play with some of the kids and, and things like that. And so they never treated her different, no matter where we went, um, you know, a lot of the kids, they always included my, my daughters. Um, now my youngest daughter, uh, she takes more after her dad. She doesn't look, she doesn't look a lot like me or, and she doesn't really have the melanin. So, you know, she, I guess, and I don't really like to use those words, but she is more passing, um, for white. So she doesn't really have, um, you know, that experience, but, um, my, my oldest daughter, that's not the case. You know, she doesn't pass for, um, pass for white. So she, you know, she is treated as a black woman, you know, now, I mean, now she's, now she's going to be 18. 
um, this year. She'll be 18 in May. So she is pretty much a woman. And back then, you know, she was a kid, of course, but she was always treated as black, you know? And, but I mean, that was never, that was never a problem. (laughs) You know, um, people in the community had, you know, no issues with, with her being a different color and they didn't have issues with me being of a different race either. Um, I mean, they knew, I mean, I've been, and the thing is, yes, I am more, uh, lighter complected. I, it, it really just depends. Like if I, I'll be honest. now that I work from home, I'm like never out in the fucking sun. So right now that's why I'm so light. But if I'm out in the sun, you'll see it. I get darker. Um, and so you can definitely see the melanin in me when I'm outside, but I tend to stay more indoors because I work from home. And so like, I just don't really go outside and I don't really go anywhere. Like I'm y'all I'm like, I'm very close to being like a hermit because I really don't go anywhere. If I do go anywhere, it's just to go to like to the grocery store every now and then like on the weekend and that's it like i don't go anywhere during the week nothing like sometimes not even on the weekends like pretty much stay home um but that's just me i'm a major introvert so i don't like to really be out in public but during racing season that that's where i am on the weekends you know on we we are gone during racing season we are always you know at a racetrack on you know on a friday night or saturday night or we'll during the day saturday too sometimes it just depends on how early we get out there but yeah on the weekends during racing season that's where i'm at but um also just being creole um because creole people um and i've mentioned this in multiple episodes but for people that are that are new here and don't know what who creoles are so louisiana creoles because i'm not talking about um the language i'm not talking about haitian people because haitians speak creole too um this is different louisiana creole people are actually an ethnic group now for us we are of mixed race we are not just of we're not just black, you know, we have Italian ancestry, we have French ancestry, we have Spanish. And when I say Spanish, I'm talking about from Spain. We also have Mexican ancestry as well. Some of us, not, not all of us, but most of us have at least Spanish and Italian and French ancestry. Um, so, and also a lot of us have German, you know, cause you have the, Cajun, Cajuns and Creoles, a lot of them mixed together. And that's what happened in my family. So you have Cajuns and Creoles that are within my family. And then you also have the native part. So uh, for us, it for my family is the Mi'kmaq uh, tribe in Nova Scotia. And then you also have Natchez tribe. So it, it just all depends. All Creole people are pretty much a mixture of multiple ethnic groups like that most of us have a lot of the same but you know when it comes to the native part a lot of a lot of us it can be different tribes but um a, m- most if they have cajun ancestry will have the Mi'kmaq tribe because that was the tribe that mixed with the Akadi and Nova Scotia so 
um, you, you tend to have a lot of, um, people, uh, that have Cajun ancestry that have Mi'kmaq, um, somewhere in their family. But anyway, um, going, going for it pretty much because I'm technically considered mixed race. Um, sometimes a lot of people don't realize that here in Louisiana, things are handled a little bit differently. I, I mean, I was raised as a black woman. Like I was not raised any different. And the reason why is because my mom, my mom is Creole, but my dad isn't. My dad is not Creole. My dad is black, you know, like he's just black. Um, my dad is from, he was originally from Texas. Um, he grew up, uh, in Houston, you know, Galveston and Houston area. And so he, you know, my, and my dad, my dad exposed us to pretty much, you know, everything that is the typical norm in a black and in most black households. Like, you know, I listened to Motown and, you know, all different kind of stuff like that. Like I, you know, I was raised in black culture. Like that's all I knew, um, growing up. I wasn't raised, um, I wasn't raised like some people that are considered mixed race where, you know, they, oh, they're not in touch with their, their black side, which is what a lot of people will say, or, um, you know, they'll say, oh, where you're whitewashed and which trust me, I was, I was treated like that. A lot of people will say that I'm whitewashed and, but it's just because I like what I like. Like, I mean, but you also have to understand where I come from. So where I grew up, uh, in Louisiana, um, I grew up in a, in a city called Lafayette. Now, because of, me living in the suburbs, I mainly went to school with white people, you know, predominantly white schools. I've always been at predominantly white schools. And a lot of times, depending on where we lived, a lot of times myself and my sisters were the only black children. So we always grew up in areas where there wasn't very many black people. Like, I'll be real with you. Like, I didn't really go to school with, a, like, a large amount of black people until I was in eighth grade. Most of the other places that we, you know, most of the other schools that I went to, it was either myself and my sisters were that were the only ones, or they might have had, like, one or two other families that, you know, black families, but that was it. So knowing about my background, you can kind of understand why I wouldn't have been exposed like to a lot of black culture outside of my home. Like I was only exposed to what my parents exposed me to. And so when it came with my parents, it was mainly music, you know, media, things like that, um, you know, food. But for the most part, you know, we were still we were still a little different. Um, and for me and growing up with friends and stuff, most of my friends were white and it, and it was because I was into certain things that a lot of black people just weren't into back then. So now a lot of people, a lot of black people now 
And you hear about it now, but I mean, of course, this was back then. We're talking about, you know, I was born in 86. So we're talking about in the 90s, early 2000s. You didn't have a lot of black people that were alt. You didn't have a lot of black people that were goth. You didn't have a lot of black people that were in anime. You didn't have a lot of black people that were into a lot of the things that I was into. Um, And if they were, they were very closeted about it, you know, so you didn't have them being very open about it. And, you know, and I was also into a lot of the, you know, a lot of the other stuff, you know, like the, the, the teeny bopper stuff, you know, cause I was big into boy bands and all this and all these other things. So I technically was the typical basic teenage girl, you know, and then I, you know, I got more into like the, the punk rock, like emo pop rock scene stuff i you know i got into all that too and let's just be real back then it was and we're talking about early 2000s so we're talking about 2004 like 2003 2004 ish when i started going to like emo concerts and stuff i was like the only black person there (laughs) like i'm just being real so if you you gotta understand my background to understand where the racing community comes into play so I don't act like a tip, like in their minds, I don't act like a typical black person, right? Most, a lot of people in the local racing communities are not exposed to black people in the actual racing community, right? Like you don't really have a lot of black people in the racing community here. You just don't. You have a few here and there, but barely any so a lot of them didn't even know how to even like approach me because they were like you know because it it wasn't normal for them it wasn't normal to see a black person period like at a racetrack because it just doesn't really happen around here um now every now and then you'll see some of them as spectators but you won't see a bunch of them in the pits um you know and especially where uh, like we don't have Like, we don't have any, like, black, black men or women that are racing these cars, like, locally that I have seen. Um, And I've, like I said, I've been in this scene for, you know, we're going on almost 18 years now. And there's none, like, locally that I've, that I have seen. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't any, but if there are, it's very, very, very minimal. Um, And so... You know, there is a very small representation when it comes to black people in the racing industry, period. But you're starting to see it more, obviously, like with NASCAR now. And um, but you don't really see it in the dirt in the dirt series, like all these dirt series. You don't really see black people being, you know, being represented at all. And so, um so yeah, so being being the wife of a dirt track racer and then me being black, you know, like it wasn't the norm for them. It wasn't norm for the norm for them to see a black a black woman period in the local dirt track scene where where we live. So um so yeah, so I mean, but when they start talking to me, it's like, oh, she, you know, she's relatable cuz the thing is, I mean, I'm into a lot of the stuff that they're into, you know? And, and so it was easy for them to like feel comfortable, but even so, like, 
I feel because of the stereotype that has been put on on the racing community for so long that it keeps a lot of black people out of the, you know, out of the whole scene. Now, when I say when I say out of race, out of the racing scene, I'm not really talking about these bigger series like NASCAR. You know, you're starting to see it with um like Bubba Wallace. Um, and then also, you know, in the past, you know, you had Bill, Bill Lester, you had Wendell Scott, you know, so you had black men in it, but black women, you know, unless they were, unless they're married to, to, a, a NASCAR driver, you just don't see them. Um, and, and I don't, I, I mean, I, I hate that because it's like, you know, it. you want the racing community to be very, to be open-minded and be inclusive and have diversity. But unfortunately, you just don't have it. You don't have enough representation to really show that it's diverse. And especially when you get into the smaller series, like, um, I mean, you, you did have, um, like ARCA, I mean, that's still part of NASCAR. I mean, you had, you know, diversity in there, but when you get to like the world of outlaws, we're going towards the dirt series. You don't really have that. You don't have a lot of, you don't have that representation there. And it's not that, it's not that they wouldn't accept anybody. It's just that no one's taking the chance to do it. Um, so I think, I think, that, and I think it has to come, I think that comes down to the stereotype. Like a lot of, a lot of black people just don't know, either don't know much about the sport. So they don't venture out or it could be because of the stereotypes. Like I said, my parents, they, they automatically assumed that the racing community was racist because, you know, you see some of these people with like the confederate flags and all different kind of stuff and, and and it's not everybody you know that's actually a very a very small minority of people but unfortunately once you've seen that they become the um i would say they become there's like a silent majority right there's a silent majority when it comes to this but unfortunately, the minority is louder, <laughs> and that and that's the issue with with that. Um, and I think and I think that's why at first I was hesitant um, because of what I had been brought up knowing, like what I was brought up to believe. But then when I met my husband, I'm like, uh, obviously, it's not everybody because if that was the case, my husband wouldn't have even chose me if he was racist, right? Like, I mean, so, and he's a part of the racing community. He wouldn't have wanted to be with me if that was the case. So I'm like, well, let me, you know, let me see what this is all about. And to be honest, like, those people are my family. Like, we have made so many friends all over, like, all over the country. Because, I mean, we didn't, like I said, we didn't just race in one area. And then we've been, we've just been to a bunch of different places, um, and when my husband also r- ran RC cars at one time, and he was sponsored and he used to go to like major uh, competitions and stuff, um, major races and stuff outside of the state. 
because one time we even had to go to Oklahoma uh, for him to race. But so we we've been in all different types of racing communities for the past 18, pretty much 18 years. And every single one has been so loving and so accepted, uh, accepting, y'all, English is hard right now. But yeah, they've all been extremely accepting of us, you know, of me and my, my oldest daughter, you know, and they didn't have any problems with any of us, you know, like none of them had, um, none of them have said anything ugly to us. Everybody's been very, very nice. Now, there was one time and luckily I wasn't there because to be honest, I don't know how I would have handled the situation, but there was one time where my husband did get one really negative comment about, um, about me. So, um, my husband was actually racing the sprint cars at the time and he was racing at, oh, um, he was racing in Leesville, um, here in Louisiana. And so when he was there, so my husband, uh, went to school out that way for a short period of time. So he knows people that live in that area. And so, um, there was a few people that he went to school with that were there at the racetrack as spectators, uh, to watch the sprint cars run. And they knew he was going to be there. So he, he ran out there and a few of them, you know, came up to him after, um, after he ran and one of them was a guy that he, that he went to school with. And I mean, they knew each other and I don't think, I mean, I don't know how close they were, um, when they were, you know, whenever they went to school together, I don't know if they were good friends or not. Um, I mean, it really doesn't matter cause they don't talk to each other anymore. Um, uh, but the guy literally had nerve to be like, why are you married to? I mean, he literally said the N word. Like he just that he went straight. I mean, and when I say the N word, I'm talking about a hard R. Like not not with a A, with a hard R. Okay, and my husband could not believe it. He fucking flipped out. He's like, "Are you serious right now?" Like what the fuck? Like, you know, and I don't know what all went down. Cause like I said, I wasn't there. Um, that was at a time when I believe my youngest daughter was sick. Cause they were little at that time. Um, I mean, my, my youngest daughter was probably two or three at the time. Like, so they were, they were small at the time. So I, and I know that I couldn't go and I, I know it, I could tell you right now, my kids used to stay sick all the time when they were little. Um, and so I can guarantee you that that would have been the only reason why I wasn't at the racetrack because other than that, I'm always with my husband, um, at the racetrack, unless I'm sick or, or one of the girls was sick. That was the only way that I never went. So I can almost guarantee you that it was because one of them was sick that, and I can, and I'm pretty sure it was my, my youngest, if I'm remembering correctly. So 
I mean, that ended. I mean, he hadn't seen that person in years, but still, it's the fact that you would say something that ugly to somebody that you haven't seen in years, and the first thing that you say is you don't understand why he would marry a black woman. You know, like that's like that's fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But but it, it, anyway, I know my I know my husband handled it well. I know that he doesn't talk to that person anymore uh or anything like that, but it's the fact that that is the only time that we've had anybody within the racing community. Period. And that was somebody that came as a spectator. Not that's not even somebody that actually races, okay? Say anything ugly about me. Period. And it was only because of the fact that my husband married me. <laughs> because my husband chose me and not a white woman. Which makes no sense because it's like you love who you love, it doesn't matter, right? But in his mind, that was wrong, you know? And of course, you're going to always have people like that. There's there's always going to be people that are racist, you know what I'm saying? I mean, th- you, pff, we've had people that have been racist for forever. And, you know, more than likely that dude's going to stay racist forever till he dies, you know? And But, you know, I don't, I don't let that bother me because, of, I mean... I'm me, and if you can't accept who I am, and you can't accept where I come from or or my background, then that's on you. That's not my problem. Um, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't affect me. I'm not losing sleep at night over it. I mean, my husband's definitely not losing sleep over it either. You know that that one comment did not change anything about our lives. Sure, I mean, he might have been a little pissed off about the fact that the dude said it, but that didn't make him leave me or that didn't make him change the way he felt about me. Like, you know, almost like that was supposed to, like, rattle him to where he was going to change his beliefs. Like, no. Uh, and there's no change in that, that guy's beliefs either on how he feels about black people. <laughs> like, that that's just how it is. Um... And I, I think that's why with the racing community, I've been very fortunate to not have been treated, um, un, you know, unjust or unfair. Um, and I've been respected. And like I said, I can't speak for everybody because n- not everybody has the same experiences. And I'm sure a lot of it has to do with where you live, you know. But here in Louisiana, like, our culture's just different. We're just different. We're just a different breed of people because most of us are mixed race. Like if you go, if you literally like break it down, if your family has lived here for pretty much forever, like you are, you are probably mixed somewhere down the line. Um, unless your family, you know, tried to keep the bloodline pure you know what i'm saying because a lot of them did that back in the day but for the most part most of us are probably related down here because uh, because there was only so many families that were here at one time and then they all just kind of mixed together and created what you know created what we have now 
And now, of course, we have people that have come from other places here, too. But for the most part, if your family has been here for multiple generations, um, like I know with my mom's family, my mom's family has been here like since the Louisiana Purchase, like before the Louisiana Purchase, like most of them. Yeah. So like my mom's family's been here for a long time. And people within that family, trust me, have mixed with a lot of people around the same areas. So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that I would be related to a lot of people within certain specific areas because, you know, our our families kind of stayed within that area. And it happens. But, yeah, and I mean, most of us are mixed or mixed people. I mean, if you're Cajun, you're a mixed person. If you're Creole, you're a mixed person. And most of the people here are Cajun or Creole or sometimes both. Like with me, I'm both. I'm Cajun and Creole because I have both in my family. So, because my mom, my mom is a mixture of Cajun and Creole. So, I mean, you know, we, we're just a melting pot of people. Um, because you had, you had so many different cultures come here and then just mixed together. So we, we don't really have some of the issues that, that other states have when it comes to race. Now I'm not saying that we don't have racist people here. No, I'm not saying that, but it's not as in your face in a lot of places. You know what I'm saying? Like I've noticed in my experience, I should say, I haven't really dealt with a ton of racism here. Um, and I've grown up here most of my life. Yeah. And I mean, I've left quite a few times, but I've always came back. And to be honest, the reason why we've came back, it wasn't just for family. It's because this is what we know. And this, and we love, and we love, we love Louisiana. We love where we, where we're from. We do now. Yeah. Every state has its problems. We, I mean, we all have, you know, issues within all our states, but the cultures here, our culture, this is where we come from. Our culture is so different. And, and the hospitality here, just the people here, honestly, I couldn't leave it like that. And I think the racing community is a lot like that. A lot of these people, you know, they're all from here. You know, most of them have been born and raised here all their lives. And we just have that culture that's just different, you know. And because of that, we're able to, like, put a lot of our differences aside just to be able to have fun for one or two nights out of the week, right? You know, we don't, we don't, we don't, like, all that shit, it's put aside politics, all that crap is put on the wayside. And all we care about is getting out there and fucking tearing up a racetrack, you know? And I, and I, I think that's why I'm so grateful for the racing community because it, it hasn't even just been for that. A lot of us pull together when in times of need, like when, you know, like when you've had, people having issues, you know, whether it's financial issues or, or they got things going on in their family and stuff. 
the racing community has always been there for us when we've had problems too, you know, and we, and we help when we can as well. And I, it, it is, it's more of like a, a large family, but it's a chosen family. We choose to be this way with each other, you know, instead of, you know, fighting about stupid shit, you know, politics and all this other crap. Like, you know, we don't we don't think about all that because it's not important. What's important is how we treat each other. We put all that shit aside because at the end of the day, you have to treat your neighbor the way you want to be treated. And that's how that's how we deal with things here. Like, yeah, we might hate each other at the end of the day. But let me tell you something. When that hurricane comes, who's out there helping each other before anybody comes? Fuck FEMA. Fuck all that. Guess what? Those motherfuckers barely give a shit about Louisiana half the time. It's it's your neighbor that's helping you. Right. So like we we always put shit aside and at times need. And whenever community and community is so important here that that's how most of us are here. Our communities are more important and we try to put a lot of the other shit aside and not even worry about it because we got to come together. We're the only ones that can better our communities. We're the only ones that can better, better our society, period. And the racing community is very big about that. Like, we we get together. We do shit together. We we constantly do things together, and you know, and that's what it is. It's all about community and coming together and doing things together and just having a lot of fucking fun. I mean, racing is fun. Racing is not, you know. Um, we tr- we did we took a lot of that shit way too serious at one time when my husband was racing sprint cars. But now that we've been racing late models, we don't take the shit serious. And we do that now. We have way more fun than what we did back then because we were more worried about podiums. We we're more worried about all this other shit. And it wasn't even important. What's important is that we get out there and we have fun. You know, if we tear shit up, we tear shit up. If we don't, we don't, you know. But it's if we have fun doing it. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. Um, and. I noticed that being a part of the racing community has helped me realize how much fun racing is and how amazing the community is. And I'll be honest, like if looking back, like I said, we've been in this going on 18 years now. I wish I would have been within the racing community a lot earlier than what I than what I was, because you have to think about it. I was 19. About, yeah, like, well, yeah, I was about 19 when I got exposed to the racing community for the first time. My husband grew up in it. He knew what this was like. That's all he knows, you know, because, I mean, his dad raced for a living, you know, so when he was a kid. So he knows, you know, his dad raced with the Cajun Sprinters. He raced ASCS, you know, um, and 
and and all that. So he like my husband lived that. He, you know, he raced with uh with the World of Outlaws. Like you know, a lot of a lot of the a lot of the older guys that are retiring from World of Outlaws or haven't retired, you know, raced with my father in law. You know, my father in law raced with them. You know, um, shit, Sammy Swindell raced with with my father-in-law, you know, for Mr. Nance. And then you got, um, I mean, Steve Kinzer, you know, he, he raced with him too. Like, I mean, there's a lot of them that, you know, my, my father-in-law raced with. So my husband grew up in this, like all his life. Um, and that wasn't something that I was exposed to. And hearing a lot of the stories that him and my father-in-law talk about all the time, it's like, you know, I, that's just amazing that my that my husband has those type of memories and um, of being on the road and racing all the time and doing all these things. And, you know, it's like, man, like that's that's like really cool. You know, that's not something that I was that I had the opportunity to experience and hearing his experiences like made me be more like open-minded about racing and I am so glad that I was open-minded about it because now 18 years in and we don't plan on stopping like until my husband pretty much like retires and then our kids are probably are are, are probably gonna do it because my my youngest daughter pretty much wants to race anyway um, my oldest daughter, nah, that's not her thing. Um, but my youngest daughter, yeah, like I see her getting in a late model pretty quickly. So, you know, we're, so we're going to always be a racing family until nobody wants to do it. So, um, and I, I love every minute of it. And I, I hope that my story today has kind of opened people's minds about, the racing community, because I do hate that there's these stereotypes and I, I, I do hate that they're, you know, that people assume things. And I'm sure the, the thing with NASCAR, um, with, you know, with Bubba Wallace, with that, with the, the noose incident, um, I'm sure that that did not help a lot of people's mentality when it came to how they felt about the sport. But, I will tell you this, that NASCAR and dirt track racing are two totally different animals. They're not the same. And NASCAR, of course, has way more media spotlight than dirt track racing. And I don't like that. I wish that dirt track racing had more publicity than it does. Um, and, And luckily, you have dirt vision and flow racing that are starting to um, get dirt track racing more publicized, but it's still nowhere near the size of NASCAR's following or IndyCar or F1. Um, And I do hope that this eventually changes because when you go to a dirt track race, is some of the best fucking racing you will ever see in your life. And it's the most fun, too. Um, honestly, I've been to NASCAR. Sure, NASCAR is great. Like, we go to, we go to Talladega. We've been to Talladega for the, you know, this will be, what, our third year that we're going to be going. 
So trust me, NASCAR is good and all, but it does not beat dirt track racing. Dirt track racing is just it. I mean, it's on a whole different level. Once you've experienced dirt track racing, you'll get it. You'll totally understand it. And I mean, I'm just being real with y'all. That is something that I will recommend to anybody is to go to a dirt track race one time, one time, and it will completely change your life um, because it's it, it's just on a totally different level. Okay, guys, I'm so glad that you stayed for this episode. Um, once again, like I mentioned, this was my experience in the racing community as a black woman. I'm not speaking for anybody else. Um, and I definitely want to hear from other, other black women that are in the racing community. Um, and I do want to be able to share some of their stories as well, but I'll be real with you. Um, I did debate, I did debate on covering things for black history month because of the fact that I feel that black history month shouldn't just be for February. First of all, February is the shortest month of the year. Okay. Let, 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 let's not even get into that. Okay. But also black history should be celebrated at all times. It shouldn't just be one month out the year. And that's why I really didn't want to put a major emphasis on Black History Month because of the fact that I plan on featuring all black women that I can that I can find um, that have experience within the racing industry at all times of the year. And not just not just February. OK, I'm not one of those creators where I only feature black women during February, because trust me, there are some and y'all know what I'm talking about, that they only do that for clout. And I'm not like that because, number one, I'm a black woman myself. I would never do that to my own community. But um, I'll just be real. The, there is underrepresentation and to find black women that are in the racing industry I'm going to have to figure that out. Now, there are, um, now I will be doing um, podcasts the rest of this month on black women that were either were or still in motorsports. Now, not all of them were racers. Some of them are, um, you know, they work behind the scenes or they worked in media, um, whatever it was dealing with the racing industry. I will be doing that. So the next two episodes will be about black women within motorsports. So look out for those um, next week and then the week after. Um, but it is official that Race Wife Unfiltered is going to be on Apple Podcasts. I, I was able to finally get that shit submitted to Apple. I had to, I literally had to, I had to call Apple y'all. Like there was some issue with my Apple ID or whatever, but I got it all sorted out and it should be up within the next day or two. I, I wasn't given an exact date, but whatever. So when it come, when it does come up, I asked this 
I'm just being real, but if you would, please, if you love the podcast or you hate it, it doesn't matter. You know, I, I always love constructive feedback and criticism, whatever. Leave, please leave a review once it is up on Apple Podcasts, and I will let you guys know um, when I have um, the exact information, but definitely leave a review. Also, um, if you are listening on Spotify, if you could please rate this podcast, um, it's a star rating. So you go one through five, you know, one being horrible, five being, you know, the best thing you've ever fucking listened to. Whichever one it is, it you know, it doesn't matter. This is how you guys support me. And, you know, and I, I, I love putting out this content for you guys, but it would help me out a lot. So that's it, you guys. Thank you so much for staying for all of this episode. And you guys will hear from me on Thursday, on next Thursday um, for the Black Women in Murder Sports mini I would say many episode series that I'm going to be doing uh, for the rest of the week, for the rest of the month. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So take care, guys.